your business stuck? Tired of leaving money on the table? Are you ready to take it to the next level? Join us as we dive deep into the small business secrets successful entrepreneurs are implementing to see massive results. This is the Business Growth Hacks Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing. Here's your host, Andrew Brockenbush. What's going on, small business nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks Podcast. It is a great Friday morning here in Houston, Texas, and our guest, she's joining us, and it's evening time. She is the opposite of us. It's 9 a.m. here for us, 9 p.m. there for her. Can't wait to get to that conversation, but I've got to thank today's sponsor real quick. Today's episode brought to you by Wingman. Wingman's all-in-one marketing and sales automation software will help you streamline your communication, automate your processes, and grow your business. You can check them out by visiting their website at trustyourwingman.com. Thank you guys so much for supporting our sponsors. Thanks for tuning in every single week to support the show. All right, John, let's kick it off with an icebreaker. Here it goes. Let's kick it. Ice, icebreaker. All right, today's question for everyone is what is the strangest thing you have ever seen in the middle of the road? John, I think I think you might have something for this. What what have you oh, found? Yeah. So I guess it wasn't the strangest thing ever, but it was just kind of unique and awesome. So I'm driving down the HOV lane, and if you don't know what that is, it's the high occupancy lane. And so there aren't exits like on the normal highway where they're every quarter mile to a mile. They're, they're pretty far apart, they're 15, 20 miles apart. And as I'm going down, I start seeing this thing in the middle of the road. And I'm like, well, what is in the middle? Nothing should be in the middle of this lane, right? And so as I go down and I start to slow down, I realize there's a wicker chair and a table set up like it was someone's front porch just in the middle of the lane. I couldn't go over. I don't even know how it got there. It had to have fallen <laughs> off of someone's trailer or something perfectly. So we threw it in the back of the truck and brought it on home. It lived on the porch for a while. That's hilarious. Like, and it was set up. It was yeah. like not upside down. It, it wasn't. I mean, the chair was kind of broken, but the table was sitting right next to the chair. And not, they weren't like feng shui <laughs> perfect, you know, but they were sitting next to each other. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Did you have to like stop in the middle of the HOV lane to yes. be able to get it? Oh, out we back traffic it up. Yeah, we back traffic up stopping because people were hauling down there. You know, that's the drive fast lane. <laughs> exactly. Nita, can you, yeah. could you, do you have anything that comes to mind? I, I'm sure I, I I could have come across something weird. I don't know, but I don't think I remember. I, I, I guess it wasn't yeah. as significant. So I couldn't, as, yeah, as a memorable. table up there, yeah. I couldn't yeah. remember, you know? There, yeah, I guess I, I caused a traffic jam. So that made that kind Yeah, that of helps. That helps there. kind of like make the memory <laughs> sticky. Yeah, I feel like yeah. yesterday I saw a crazy, enormous amount of rocks in the middle of the road, like just hmm. everywhere. And I'm not talking about like little pebbles. Like we're talking about like, boulder big. size like bull rock they're called bull huh. rocks like those big like oh, yeah, landscaping yeah, yeah. rocks and i was like why are these just everywhere so that's one there was something and i've been trying to remember it all morning there was something recently that the that the police had the road shut down for because something was like scattered down the entire road and there was nothing they could do about it because i remember it there was a beer truck large in houston a bud light oh. truck or something like that happened over there on southeast houston I, I wish we were shut down. I wish we were those three people that had come across one of those viral videos where like a money truck had like yeah. scattered bills all over the road. Cause I feel <laughs> like that would have been memorable. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah. The man. other day I remember another thing that I found on the road that was interesting. Someone lost like two boxes worth of legal paperwork on, on the road and there was just pages of paper everywhere. <laughs> Dang man, John, uh, you're like in the right, yeah. you're like in the right time, the right place kind of guy. I guess like so. Just, I don't know. I think I just drive a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've road. got a great guest lined up for you guys today. Nita is a serial entrepreneur, top tier business consultant, self identity reinvention coach, which I cannot wait to get into that. Mm-hmm. Former Fortune 500 executive with over two decades of expertise in business psychology and personal development. And she's the founder of Nita Liard Consulting and Coaching. She empowers world-class experts to become legendary market outliers, guiding them in crafting truly innovative businesses with a unique marketing position. I'm super excited for this conversation because Nita has been featured pretty much everywhere. She's a regular contributor Mm -hmm. to prestigious publications like Forbes and Entrepreneur and Brands Magazine. Uh, She's been featured on pretty much any news outlet you can possibly think about. Uh, She's a huge prominent figure in the entrepreneurial world. So I'm honored to have you on the show today. Nita, welcome. 
Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, John, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So first off, I like that we kicked this conversation off with the fact that we're in completely different time zones right now. So Mm -hmm. just for our listeners, because we kind of talked about that before the show started, where are you right now? I am currently in Bangkok, Thailand at the moment. So we're on the opposite sides of the globe. (laughs) And is that that your permanent home or is that where you're, are you just working from there right now or is that your permanent home? I live here permanently, yeah. I was born nice. in the States and I moved here when I was 10 years old. And okay. apart from doing uh, my master's degree in Australia, I've been living here yeah, and I work with clients everywhere. Isn't it awesome. cool yeah. that we have the internet? Well, that's the coolest part, yes. yeah. We would yeah, have never dreamed that. of that when we were when we were kids. Like, we w- yeah. I don't think we could have fathomed the fact that there would have been a day where we could have interviews and conversations like this. I kind of right. remember being I don't know, probably eight or nine years old and being pulled into like the first ever computer lab in our school where they had brought in like the the Mac all in like the original iMacs, the kind of all in one Macs. And it was mm-hmm. such a huge deal. Like they were talking about like what this might mean for the future, but it was still like so far fetched. It was like, oh, yeah, one day you might be able to watch the president talk about something. And you're like, oh, wow, like the okay. president, like, <laughs> like it just, we couldn't comprehend just how powerful it would be. We, we actually just yeah. joked about this in the car. We, the whole team went to lunch yesterday and I was like, remember how cool it was when you had one of those like little personal DVD players and you'd take it on a car trip oh, with yeah. you so you could like <laughs> watch a movie with you. I was like, now everybody's mm-hmm. got a whole like movie theater in their pocket. Like this is, mm-hmm. it's just incredible how far technology has come over the last, I mean, seriously, the last 20, 30 years. And then with AI, I mean, shoot, just in the last year, we've seen like this crazy leap mm-hmm. of like technology and growth. So I'm excited about this conversation. The first question I have for you, though, is what is a self-identity reinvention coach? Because when I saw that, I was immediately like, ooh, this, I think I know intriguing. where this is going, but it's very intriguing. <laughs> so I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. Well, I do a lot of personal development work with my clients as a coach, right? Mm. So... What, when people, you, you, if you've never done the work, you've never done the inner work, you've never had a you know, serious coach, personal coach, um, you wouldn't understand what, what we're doing. What is the work, right? Yeah. So at the core of personal development work, what it really is, is elevating your own self-concept, or mm. I call it self-identity. Now, what is a self-concept? What is a self-identity? It's when no one's looking and you're alone, how do you perceive yourself? What do you think about yourself? What do you feel about yourself? You know, when no one's looking, you're not on social media, you're not posting your best pictures, you're Mm -hmm. not, you know, you're just sitting with the truth. How do you perceive yourself? Who are you? And the work that I do is we look at who do you want to be? That's like the next version. Maybe we don't want to look like 10 10 years from now, who do you want to be? We want to look at a more short term or medium term kind of goal, like one year from now, two years from now. What is the next version of you? So I usually refer this, I, I refer to it as like a number. So what is your current version? And someone will intuitively kind of answer, um, maybe a 5.0, you know, 5.0, mm-hmm. 2.0, whatever. It doesn't really mean anything. It's just for you to understand, right? So if they say, currently, I'm a version 5.0. Okay, so what is what is that? And I'll get them to write on like five pieces of paper, like a lot. How do they perceive themselves in every aspect, in, in every way possible that you feel about yourself, you think about yourself? And then we'll think about the next version. So if you're 5.0, what is what is like 6.0 look like for you? How do you want to elevate yourself? Who do you want to be? If you could like have a magic wand and wake up tomorrow and anything's possible, who do you want to be? But of course you want to be reasonable, right? You want to be reasonable. Right. It has to be something that, that, that is achievable. Like if you move mm-hmm. to 6.0 in six months or a year, that's that's one version, but if version 10.0 is going to look like something else, and you know you will get there, but it takes time and it takes work. So I help my clients reinvent themselves, but also it's not about changing completely who you are. It's about becoming your your authentic true self, but a better version of yourself, 
someone that you've always wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And this is on different levels. It's on, I use a triangle model and there's six levels to this. Do you want to hear what the levels are? Yeah, please. Yeah, absolutely. So at the top is the vision. So this, when I get them to write this 5.0, 6.0 thing, you want to divide into sections. So at the top, it's the vision, the vision that you have for yourself, your life. The second one is the identity. It's just what I've been talking about, the self-identity, self-concept. And the next level is values and beliefs. So this is where the mindset, it's like, what do you believe about yourself? What beliefs do you have about people, about the world? And what values do you hold? When we evolve, we have... Our values don't change a lot, but when you evolve, it does shift. Yeah. It does shift. And the next level is capabilities. It's a hard skill, soft skills. The next level is behavior. And the last level is your ecosystem or your environment. So the goal is to have all these levels aligned. Because if there's one level that's misaligned, it's it doesn't work. You know what I mean? So yeah. lots of times when people talk about personal development work, they talk about the behavior. First thing they think about is the behavior. Oh, I'll just go and exercise at the gym or I'll just, you know, eat better food. So that's the behavior. Yeah, habits and behavior. And the yeah. Second, yeah. And then the second thing they'll think about the mindset, you know, because we talk a lot about the mindset in, in today's mm -hmm. world, right? So they think about mindset and behavior, but there are many other things, like I've said, there's the vision, there's the identity, there's the values and beliefs, there's the capabilities, behavior, environment. So all these things have to be aligned because if you have the mindset and behavior, but you don't have the capabilities, you're not, you're not you're not working on those skills that you actually need to, to get that vision, mm. to become that, that version of yourself that you wanna be. If you don't learn those capabilities, you don't work on those skills, or you put yourself in an environment that is not aligned with who you wanna be, for example, that, that's a really common one. Mm -hmm. Then there's just misalignment in this whole triangle model here. And yeah. you're going to feel misaligned. There's going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's not really going to, it's going to, you're going to evolve, but slower. There, there are things that are not aligned in this, this, this whole piece here. And that's why um, we want everybody to be super clear on this triangle of where you are today and where you want to be. And when you do this exercise, you really see the gap. When you get into the yeah. details of everything, you'll see like, oh, this is my behavior today. This is who I hang out with today. But in order to become who I want to be, this is who I have to hang out with. This is the behavior that I, I need to be doing on a daily basis. Um, these are the capabilities that I have to be working on, for example. Yeah, you that's, really that's see huge. the gap in all the things. Yeah, you have to have that awareness. And not just awareness, but like. I think sometimes it's nice to have somebody shine a light on on the gaps in in kind of your business. I mean, as an entrepreneur, I can say for myself that so much so much I get absorbed and consumed by all that's happening in the business, whether it's sales or administrative or working with a team or culture or whatever it is, that I lose sight of like self and I lose sight of like what I want to be and what I want the business to be and things like that. And so I think it is valuable for people to trust their experts to bring in coaches to bring in consultants who can help them see where there's opportunities it's just i was thinking about it when you were talking about like the triangle and things misaligning i was thinking about like an engine and how like all those pistons have to be firing right like everything has to be firing off on all cylinders because if not it's not going to work as it should it might work and you might get there it's just not going to be at its optimal performance and i think that that's where really it sounds like your framework helps people establish where they have opportunities, where they can improve, where they can build. Um, because for me, it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm focusing on the on the behavior or the routines. I'm I'm focusing on the uh, you know the physical side or whatever. But it's like, well, what about your environment? Is your environment right? Well, I didn't even think about that. Like I haven't, I haven't even thought about like how that kind of applies. So take us back for just a second because I think what you're doing is really cool. But how did you get here? Like, how did like th this become something that you knew you wanted to help business owners with or entrepreneurs with or, or just individuals? Like, what led you to this? <laughs> it's kind of a long journey, actually. I started my career in marketing in, you know, as brand manager, product manager. I worked for Fortune 500 companies like L'Oreal, Unilever. And then for a few years, corporate world was just not for me because in hindsight, I found out that ideation was my number one strength. And so I have this need, this desire to create and innovate and ideate 
and kind of think of that, about ideas that nobody has come up with. You know, that's just yeah. exciting and intriguing and fun for me. And so I found out that I love psychology when I started my first kind of formal business, which was a child development center. I learned about mm. child psychology. I helped did a lot of counseling and coaching work with parents on how to raise resilient, you know, optimistic, high EQ, high self-esteem children. Um, how do we install these amazing ingredients into the future leaders of the world, right? Yeah. And that was the point where I realized that, you know, I, I love business, I love marketing, but I really love psychology. I really love understanding how the brain works. And looking back into the past, I've always been like that as a child, as a teenager, but you know, at that time I didn't know. And so it kind of transitioned from coaching parents and, you know, working with children. And we know that the basis of our who we are today really comes a lot comes from our childhood. Right. Like they say, your first seven years is the most important thing and it shapes who you become. So all of this is related. And I transitioned into um, working with adults and families and, you know, CEOs and entrepreneurs. And a lot of work that I do with entrepreneurs and CEOs is actually a lot of it is personal, personal stuff, you know, like yeah. there's the, the identity piece. And then there's lots of times there's the family stuff. There's the parenting things. There's the relationship with your spouse. And all of this is related to how you perform in your business as an entrepreneur. And surprisingly, people think that, oh, all these people, all your clients must be talking about business strategies and all these things. But I'd have to say that that's the smaller part. You know, maybe it's like 30%, 20%, we talk about the business strategy. And then the 70, 80% is really about who you want to become, your self-identity, your relationships, what's happening in your personal life. And they're all related. And yeah. I think when you'd work on your personal things, it really is powerful. It really impacts mm -hmm. your, your business and how you show up in, as an entrepreneur. In your experience working with a, a variety of different business leaders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, has there been any like common threads, commonalities of like, oh, a lot of you guys struggle with this piece. Is there anything mm -hmm. like that that stands out to you? Yeah, there, there are some common themes. Um, there are a lot of like, uh, I love, I work with a lot with uh, how, uh, what I call outliers, you know, they're, they're the 98 percentile of, you know, <laughs> of people that, you know, I score the highest or I'm really good at this, the gold medal Olympic, you know, people that want to, you know, I want to do the best and I, they really value excellence. A lot of them kind of reach a point where, you know, I'm successful and I've done all the checklists and, you know, what's next for me? Why do I feel like feel unfulfilled or a little bit even lost? And why do I feel this when I have all the things that I'm supposed to have? I see a lot of that. And, um, you know, we could call them like workaholics or, you know, obsessed with work or even addicted to work. And sometimes that could even be a trauma response, you know, when you, you're addicted to work because then it ties yeah. into your self-worth or you grew up thinking that you need to perform or you need to achieve in order to be loved, you know, for example. Mm -hmm. So that is one theme that I see often. And then the other one is misalignment. So it's like, I don't know, really know what I want or the model that I was talking about, there's some sort of misalignment in that triangle. And of course they don't know it because they're, they, they're not a coach. So they've never really explored all these pieces and they've just, we, we live in a busy world. So much noise, so much noise. And to have time to sit and contemplate and introspect is it takes intention. You really have to be intentional about it. You need to carve some time out of your busy life to be doing all mm -hmm. these things, to, to even sit and be quiet and think. So those are some common themes that I, I see going on for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think yeah. I can align with, <laughs> align with a lot of that. Some you know, it those. seems like that 
I've found that the majority of the successful people I know are motivated by something from childhood, um, yeah. whatever it may be. I don't know if it's, you know, whatever it may be, you know, um, it was interesting. Even as a kid, my first word as a kid was money. And I was have always kind of been obsessed with success and money to the point where I remember being like 10 and like people in my family being like, hey, remember, like money's not everything like lo- like love is more important than money. And it's like, why are you telling this to a 10 year old? Well, the, clearly I had like an obsession, you know, I mean. Who, what? How many kids do you know whose first word is money and not like mom or dad or whatever? Like, <laughs> it's just like it was inherent that I was going to be a little bit crazy in that regard. But I do think that like I was thinking about this on my morning walk this morning. Actually, it was like somebody had asked me one time like, um, "Why do you why do you want to get in shape?" And I was like, "Well, because I I want to I want to look better." Okay, well, why do you want to look better? And they kept doing that why question like why why yeah. why, and uh, to be honest, like it kind of annoyed me because I was like. I don't know why. Like, I'm just like, I felt like I ran into a dead end of like answering that question. And I think I understood the point of the exercise, but I think a lot of times successful people, I think people in general are afraid to like peek behind the curtains into their self and they don't really want to uncover or unravel some of the why Hmm. because it's scary um, because it might be, it might be something that's, you know, hiding trauma or, or, or protecting yourself or whatever. What do you think about that? I mean, I'm sure you have some thoughts around like why we're fearful of like uncovering our own truths. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of like as entrepreneurs and, you know, high achievers, overachievers, the drive is really control. If you think about it, like if I have a lot of money, you feel like you have some sense of control over your life, over your outcome, over how life mm-hmm. will be. So the drive is really about certainty. You know, if, if you think about it, security, certainty, yeah. all this is control. It's about wanting to be in control of the things that are happening in your life, your outcome. And it's about the, 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 the certainty of wanting to be safe. So that's kind of human beings have, have that as, as, we, we want to be secure. We want to have that certainty. Right. Um, of course, there is like, it's different for everyone because it, there there's personality type involved. There's your childhood mm-hmm. and how you grew up, the circumstances and environment, how you were parented, all these factors come into play, right? But really, so when we feel like, oh, I'm a high achiever, I earn a lot of money, you feel in control. So vulnerability is something that's really scary. If you go and look at those things, you look at your shadow side, you look at what is driving this or what's hiding, what's under the iceberg, it's a sense of like you're losing control. And I'm, you know, I might find something scary here. I don't want to look at it. Let's just not look at it. Let's just like, oh, talk about something else. Let's talk about, mm-hmm. you know, strategies and business and, you know, and sometimes when I'm starting to work, uh, when I'm working with clients that have never really done the inner work, and they like, this is scary, or this is dark, or this is like, oh, what is this, right? It's, there. there's kind of this period where they need to kind of learn to be vulnerable, learn to like face the truth. And I think for entrepreneurs, it's, I, I tell them that when you face your dark side, when, you know, there's a quote, I can't remember it word for word, but it's like when you face your darkness, that's when the light can shine in or something like that. And yeah. mm-hmm. I think that's the drive for high performers or overachievers or outliers. They they went, oh, I can be much better than who I am today by facing this dark side or this shadow side or doing the work. And that's kind of the drive <laughs> that gets them yeah. to, to go and face those things and be vulnerable. Or I tell them that, did you know that courage comes with vulnerability and mm. high self-esteem people can be vulnerable, that it, vulnerability shows that you are confident and have so- high self-esteem. So you want to be vulnerable. You want to, you want to, you want to have vulnerability in order to have courage. It comes together. It's not separate. And so when I, give them these kind of truths, then they, oh, I never thought about it that way, you know, and then yeah. they, they're more motivated to do the work. Yeah. yeah sometimes That's you need awesome. those aha moments. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, you really do. My sister used to read this poem talking about um, 
we're not afraid of our darkness. We're afraid that we're powerful. We're afraid that we're actually capable and that we would require a responsibility on our part because we are these powerful beings. So yeah. I, that's kind of in line with that quote you were talking about that brought that to my mind. So I wanted to mention that. But yeah. what are what are some specific things that entrepreneurs can do to help build that mental toughness? Like, is it like a muscle? Can we flex it and work it out? Yes, we can definitely build mental toughness. It is like a muscle. It's like if you go to fitness to build muscles, like our muscles or whatever in your physical body, it's the same thing. So mm -hmm. um, mental toughness is about commitment. It's about challenging yourself. It's about control, but control in this, in this sense, I mean, control about your life control over your outcomes. So it's a, really about self-responsibility. When you feel that you have 100% control over your decisions, your choices, your you can't control whether it rains today, but you can't control right. the circumstances, but you can control how you respond to things and events and people and, and everything. So yeah. when you have control, you challenge yourself, you get out of your comfort zone, you do things that are not easy, you, you have commitment to your goals, you, you stick to what you say you're going to do, you keep your promises mm -hmm. to yourself. I think that's the most important thing, Ooh. right? Like, yeah, don't even think promises. about keeping promises to other people. Keep promises that you made to yourself. I think that's, that's really important and you know, powerful. So yeah. all these things, if you do all these pieces every day, you're going to be more mentally tough. Mm -hmm. So I love models because all these models and frameworks really, it's not about being academic or anything, but it's research proven, it's evidence-based. And when you see that, oh, okay, it's been proven that if you do all these things, then I will increase in mental toughness. I will increase in self-esteem. Um, self I will increase in this and that. It's, it's really helpful. And yeah, definitely mental toughness, it can, can, can be improved, can be increased. All these things like self-esteem, self-confidence, self-worth, mm -hmm. all these things can, you, you do the inner work, you do all these, you know, ex personal development work, and you elevate, you evolve. Mm -hmm. I hope you heard that small business nation. Yeah. If you're an entrepreneur out there and you're feeling that mental toughness slacking, know that you can build it, you know, don't, don't let it, don't let the feeling of overwhelm take you out, you know, yeah, yeah. you've got to take the time. Yeah, you got to challenge yourself, put yourself in an uncomfortable position. I think that's the thing that I've, I actually just had this thought. I, was, I think it was like maybe towards the end of last year. I called one of my closest friends and I was like, when is the last time you did something completely out of your comfort zone? He's like, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you that. And I was like, mm -hmm. isn't that terrible? Like we should be constantly pushing ourselves yeah. outside of the boundaries of what, what makes us comfortable and and I, I don't know why it hit me. I think I was, it was when that movie about that guy who did the free climbing had come out on Netflix or whatever. And I was just thinking about the fact that like, I don't, I'm not saying I need to go do that and just be like straight up dumb <laughs> and do stuff that I can't, I'm not capable yeah. of doing right now. Use reason but, still. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah. But I think that there are areas in my life where I'm just like, not like making like I'm not taking risks. I'm not pushing myself mm -hmm. outside of my comfort zone. And I literally told this friend, I was like, his name's Adam. I was like, Adam, We've got to find a way at the very least once a year we're putting like we're pushing each other outside of our comfort zones because it's only going to help mm -hmm. us grow. And like I think part of that goes back to environment, you know, like who are you surrounding yourself with? Are you surrounding yourself with people who are constantly doing that already? And so they're bringing yeah. you along for the ride. Are you with people who are the opposite who are saying like never I would do that. That's scary and that's hard mm -hmm. and like oh, I don't have time. It's like, well, of course you're not successful. You have nobody pushing you up the ladder everyone's grabbing your leg and pulling you back down i think mm. it's really important to like take note of uh, kind of all of this stuff something else need as i was looking through your website that i was pretty intrigued by was the fact that you were talking about creating helping brands create this like one-of-a-kind market position uh, mm -hmm. a strategy that becomes synonymous with their name their category 
they're, you know, kind of whatever it is they're doing. And this is something that like I've really been fearful of, but for whatever reason, it has been like a um, resounding important uh, theme in my life lately <laughs> yeah. that I am a type of person that like yourself, I left corporate America. I left Apple, an amazing job. It was a lot of fun um, to own a marketing agency. And the biggest reason being is that I like in like innovating. I like creating, like I have a thousand ideas, but then the problem with that becomes I have a thousand ideas and I try to do all, <laughs> all thousand ideas. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I told somebody that recently, I, I said, Hey, like when you think of me, like, what, like, what do you think of? Like, who am I to you? Oh, like, oh, you're like a tech, tech kind of guy. Like you're creative. Like you can do this, that, this, that. And it's like, well, you didn't say the one thing that is like my bread and butter service. And it's like, mm-hmm. crap, like I've got a bit of a, you know, brand identity issue where, because I do offer so much, it's like, Andrew's the printing guy. Andrew's the podcasting guy. Andrew's the, the uh, guy that used to own a recording studio. He's the guy that used to work for Apple. He can fix your phones. Cause he used to be an Apple expert. And <laughs> like, there's all of these like themes and it's like, I just want to be, I want to be known as the guy that can help you like, build an amazing Mm -hmm. website that will get you more leads for your business like that. If there was one thing other than being like a good person and having good character and being a nice guy, right? Like all of the more um, legacy type themes, like from a service perspective, I feel like right now the world sees me as a hundred different things. So I've been fearful though of like just saying, well, I only do this because it just seems counter intuitive to what I got into entrepreneurship in the first place for. So can you talk to us about that? Yeah, I can totally relate to that. And, you know, I've had conversations about being multi-potentialite or, you know, multi-passion. And I can totally relate to what you've just shared because I I feel like I'm like that as well. Um, That's why when every, even like this morning, I met a friend and she asked me like, so I haven't met her in like almost like seven years, I guess. And she's asking me, so what do you do? And I'm like, like no. okay, how do I explain this without being <laughs> complex <laughs> yes. or, or taking an hour to explain what I do, you know, because it's like, uh, it's kind of this and this and that and several things. It's like, how do I explain this whole identity self reinvention thing, but I also do the business strategy side but then i love like coaching people and their family and relationships and i've done parenting coaching and then it can really get crazy right um and then i've definitely struggled and i think i still do with like okay what's the niche (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) Yeah. and you know there's a struggle between like niching down but i'm also like kind of like almost like I can do all these great things like mm-hmm. better than the majority of people in the market, but I, I, I get all these things. It's not that I'm dabbling at all. Like I've been doing the work to, so that I'm an expert on all these like five things, for example. And so I think this is the, a lot of entrepreneurs are multi-potentialite mm-hmm. and you know, you have that artistic side, you have that scientific logic side. You, I, we, we see that commonality in, in these groups of people and so what I say or my experience and, and what I've helped clients that are kind of this type do is really think about all the things you want to do and how do we integrate those things into your life? Because I can say from mm-hmm. my own experience that it's a need. I cannot yeah. do one thing. I cannot. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can just not. It's almost like a need, this like burning desire or whatever. I have to do all these things. I'm the same to way. To feel fulfilled. Yeah, like just you know? fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think mm-hmm. like if if most people don't understand this, they just go like, you're crazy. Why? Like, why can't you just do one thing? Like, you're just so great. It's just do what I can't, you know, I just, I have this need to do all these other things. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. And so I, I feel like I'll do this and then I'll go do this and do this and do. So I think. Um, we just have to understand, have the awareness It's super important. Like, what are these things that you love to do? You have this need to do them. How do we integrate that into your current business? 
Now you don't want to get you do, do like 10 businesses. It's going to get crazy, right? So how when you're starting out, how do you maybe integrate all these things that you love to do? You have an artistic side. How do you bring that artistic side into your business? How do you bring that, you know, maybe you have a people side. You love working with people. How do you bring that into the business and integrate it all these things into one or maybe two businesses? And some of them that some of the things that you love to do, maybe it doesn't have to be part of your business. It can be your hobbies. Maybe it can be things that you do outside of your business or your work. You know, you can integrate it into your friendship, your relationships with your friends or things like that. So we find a place for all these pieces in your life. So that's that's the work that we try to do or I've done and we I do with with clients that, you know, we have the same problem. <laughs> and. I think we have to look at this as a gift. It is a gift. But if you don't know how to manage it, you do one thing. Say, for example, oh, I want to be Taylor Swift. You do one year of trying to be Taylor Swift. And then, Mm -hmm. oh, but I want to, okay, I also love this second thing. And you go and do like two years and then then you quit. And then another three years into something you quit. That's that's not good, right? Because then you end up. The thing with multi-potential light people, and you see this on uh, people sharing about this topic on YouTube, that they feel they are not as successful as someone that has been spending like decades in this one thing. Yeah. Because we all have limited resources. We have 24 hours per day. So you're doing juggling 10 things and other people in that industry are doing only one thing you know, there's a pretty high chance that they're going to be better than you and you're going to you're not going to be able to to be competent to the level that you want to be. Now, someone that's multi multi potential light will automatically have this value like they value excellence. So they want to be amazing at all these 10 things, you know, Mm -hmm. and it, it can lead to burnout. It can lead to being overwhelmed. It can lead to feeling like, oh, I'm not good enough and starting to compare yourself to with everybody in that in in those 10 industries, for example. So the key really is to be really strategic and intentional and aware. The first thing is to be aware of of all these 10 things first. Right. And Mm -hmm. then how are you going to fit this into your life and your business and your work strategically and intentionally? I think these two words are really important. Otherwise, you just get everywhere, you know. Yeah, yeah. That, cuz that's that's certainly my struggle, right? John, like you know. Oh, we, I know. We, we always <laughs> joke too. around here. We joke around here that we're like we should re- rename ourselves ADHD marketing. It's just like so many ideas that we have. Oh, idea. Let's pin like, that squirrel. and then finish this meeting here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but the reality is like I feel like there's a few things that we're doing right now that are really really cool. Like they're really cool mm-hmm. ideas. And like I just feel like I we're a lean team. It's my ideas. So a lot of times, like, unfortunately, my team has to, like, take the brunt of the ideas because it's like, hey, guys, got another idea. Help me out here. Um, okay. But I feel like and, – and they're very supportive and everyone always always is, like, along for the ride. Um, but I feel like some of these ideas, I'm just like, man, if I could figure out how to be a better delegator, or, you know, or if I had just a little more resources to pour into that, like, it could be mm-hmm. such a such a successful thing. But I do also feel the – the significance of the fact that I'm like, man, if maybe if I was just like the website guy and like all I did was build websites and I, I turned down print work and I turned down brand development work. I t- turned down consulting or speaking engagements. Like maybe mm-hmm. I would have like the biggest web design agency and at the very least Texas. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because like, we're really good at that, but I'm also, my time is torn between that and consulting and coaching and a hundred other things which yeah. also bring me joy. That's, I think that for me mm-hmm. is the hard part. It's like, I would, I think I would lose my mind if all I did was build websites and I enjoy mm-hmm. building websites because I am able to do other things. And those mm-hmm. other insights and that other uh, creative outlets are what inspire me when I go back to build a website again. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. draw from this experience. I'm going to draw from yeah. that conversation. Um, and I think that that's the difference maybe between like, I mean, I, I'd never even heard the word, that you had shared, how do you say it? Um, Multi potentialite. Yeah. Like yeah. I had never even heard of that word. So like I'm glad. Like yeah. I need a new word to like identify as. So yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. I know, go I'm pretty YouTube, sure. If you go to YouTube, you're gonna find your tribe. If you go to listen to all these videos about this topic, you're gonna relate to them. Like like we've just kind of related to each other. Like you're, are um, there yeah, like this is, are, are there yeah. tactics for like managing that and being better about? 
like I don't know, bring like reining it in a little bit. I think it's the strategy that I just shared. It's about being yeah. aware and not wanting to take on everything. A technique that I do is I will put all these ideas. It really, I do feel like I have ADHD. It's almost like I do have ADHD <laughs> because this brain, yeah. like it has ideas coming in all the time. Yeah. And I think about that movie, Beautiful Mind, you know, Beautiful yeah. Mind. It's like the, he has numbers, right? But I have all these ideas coming in my brain all the time. And I'm like, what I do is I put on paper. I write a lot. I have tons of notebooks and stuff like that. I do a lot of work with ChatGPT now. So I use ChatGPT a lot. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just like putting all these ideas down on paper or on my phone or whatever and sit with it. And then yeah. what I realize is as time passes, some of things, some of the, those things, I don't want to do it. Hmm. I think the fun part was coming up with the idea. But as I sit yes. with it for a while, eh, I don't want to do it anymore. And then as you sit, it's almost like from those thousands of ideas, you've had fun doing it already. You, you, you came up with the idea. You, you got to ideate. That was kind of like the drive. I just wanted to come up with those, those yeah, ideas. Yeah, just being able to say you did ideal, it. Yeah. In an ideal perfect world, yes, I would have all these people implementing these thousands of perfect ideas in the world, yeah. helping people, serving people, yeah. right? But that's not the reality. So, you know, if you could nail it down to like, if you, if you sit with an idea and it's still there for like, say, for example, 90 days or half a year, it's still there. Like, you don't want to delete it. You, you really want to do it. Like, it's still in your mind. Mm -hmm. then I think those are the ideas that you, you want to implement, you know, yeah, you hold it's on not to gonna yeah. all those thousands ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Cause some of them are just like little, like, Oh, that would be cool. But it's like, yeah, it would be cool in a perfect world where there wasn't a million other tools that already did that thing. And, yeah. and you just have to, I think you have to have realization around like, what's a, what's a good idea. What's a great idea. Where is there an actual mm -hmm. need? You know, all, yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah, integrating this, key gift like this gift that you have into your business that's another way that's how that's why i do what i do i do a lot of ideation work for my clients so sometimes i'll come i i think of this idea it's like a oh a brilliant idea million dollar billion dollar whatever idea and then i'll just give it to my clients i'll like you are the person to be yeah. doing it. just oh, smart. take this idea because yeah. i'm not going to do it like you know i don't have that many years right. on earth like you go do it and you go do this and you go do that and that's how I fulfill my need of ideation. Like I don't have right. to do all this thing. That's letting go of the control of wanting to be all things to all people. Like that's letting yeah. go of the control of wanting to do this. It's almost like an addiction as well. So you want to let go of that. And mm, like, yeah. I don't have to do all these things. I don't have, yeah. and as an overachiever, you kind of get addicted to that of like, yeah. oh, this can happen, this can happen, this can happen, you know? Like yeah. an example is like, out of the, this craziness of all the businesses that I'm doing, three years ago, I decided to do a PhD. Isn't that nice. crazy? And everybody's like, to me, I'm like, oh, I'm an overachiever. This is going to be easy. I'm going to be able to do this. <laughs> mm -hmm, no problem. <laughs> Until I actually got, I got into it. I finished the coursework very easy. But when it got into the dissertation, the, the yeah. actual research, that does not utilize my strengths at all it utilizes all <laughs> my weaknesses and with the adhd yeah. doing a phd thesis that does not work well together at all you know not at all i don't i don't know I, if i really put my mind and my resource into it i could have finished it but you know looking at the time that i have left on earth and the things million things that i want to do it was not worth it for me to spend another three years on this. So I left and so I, I just stopped. I thought I got what I wanted out of it. Out of it, you know? yeah. Yeah, it was a PhD in social psychology. And I'm like, what the heck? Add another thing to my checklist. It's gonna be easy, yeah. you know? <laughs> I think it's having that consciousness and like mm -hmm. being aware of like, okay, you don't have to do all of this and it's okay. Yeah. yeah, I think that might be more powerful, honestly then you know you're giving up the control is more powerful than having it because you yeah. actually have more freedom in that yeah. i think it's awesome multi-potentialite i think i have a new favorite word and you know one of those ideas that you did pursue was writing a book one mm -hmm. to millions entrepreneur can you tell us a little bit about that 
Yeah, the so the one to millions is about one person being the voice and making impact on millions through the work that you do. So it's, it's, I don't even want to call it work. I call it like, it's like the mission on earth. It's like, what are you here to do? Yeah. If you leave the world, how is it going to be different? Like, you know, what impact did you, did you create for this world? And that's really the core of the book. It's a why book more than a, a strategy or a go do these yeah. like, there are some, there are practical steps. There are things that you need to do. And I talk about that as well, but I'm always really about the why and mm. the mission and like, who do you want to be and what change you want to create for this world. And that stuff is really powerful. It's really that oh, yeah. intrinsic drive, right? And going back to what we were talking about previously, it's the power of quitting. I love that word, yeah. you know, the power of quitting. Mm -hmm. When you quit something like you are really intentional and you really sit down and you think about whether this thing is aligned with who you want to be, with how you're living today, and you make a conscious choice to quit something, that can be super powerful. Mm -hmm. But as overachievers, quitting is hard. Quitting is actually harder yeah. than not quitting. And I've right. had this we conversation with so many entrepreneurs because our inner, our natural thing to do is to keep going. I'm going to do this thing. Finish I'm going to do job. Yeah. So yeah. quitting was like hard for me. And I'm, I'm a single mom. So I have a 15 year old son. And I was even thinking like, what example am I setting for my son? If I quit this thing, is he going to be a quitter? Like, you know, and then I really thought about it. And I came to the conclusion, like very strategically with self-awareness and like, I'm not quitting because it's hard. I'm not quitting because I'm running away from something, but I'm, I'm taking, I'm being conscious about this mm -hmm. and this is not aligned with, you know, how I want to spend my time and where I am in life. And I want to be doing other things with the resources that I have. So mm -hmm. it was, it was really intentional. And I think it's super important to be making a decision about every single thing in life from, from that being grounded and being self-aware and intentional and strategic about, you know, all the decisions you make in life, because it's all those decisions combined that take you to where you, you, you go. And that's who you become, Yeah, you know, through making those 35,000 decisions per day. Yeah. Big yeah, that, I think that's great insight because I think that there's a lot of things that I believe hold people back, whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, poor, poor business, you know, business ideas and business relationships, partnerships, relationships, whatever it may be. I think there's a lot of areas in our life that we hold on to. It's like, well, I don't want to give up on that thing or I don't want to quit that thing because yeah. like, like you said, what kind of example am I setting or am I, or am I just giving up because it feels hard? I think that yeah. you have to really find a way to differentiate like what is hard that you just need to put a little bit more effort into versus like what is not aligned and what is holding you back from your true potential and what is going to allow you to be the greatest version of yourself and like is on the right path. And I think that that goes back to the start of our conversation of being able to like sit down and really identify like what it is that like, how do you identify yourself? Like, what do you feel about who you are now? What is version 3.0, 4.0, 5.0, 6.0? Don't expect to go from bologna sandwich eating guy to caviar overnight right like yeah you, you've got to yeah. you've got to fill in the blanks i mean I, I like the version methodology because like as a tech guy like as a nerd i like think about app development and websites and i'm like yeah you wouldn't go yeah. from like this 1.0 version to 10.0 version overnight like mm -hmm. there has to be exactly. like iterations and small yeah. improvements and bu like bug fixes and like oh we're gonna yeah, patch testing. that problem for a little bit right now like mm -hmm. there, there's a lot yeah. that goes into that to that evolution so i mean i think that it's really strong and powerful words that you're talking about being sometimes okay quitting mm -hmm. something that isn't what is best for you or it's not best you know aligned for where you want to be what's for version 2.0 like why and again going back to like this nerd analogy like why would i spend all of my development resources and hours on a feature on a on something that we don't align with it doesn't make sense for the yeah. future of this app like why would i put i wouldn't i would stop development on that and move my resources to another area of the app that need to be improved upon or could be better mm -hmm. it's the same in your personal life like you've got to focus your your efforts around that so 
Um, exactly. This conversation's awesome. And I feel like we could go on forever because I feel like we could like have this whole like, you know, session where you can help me yeah. like figure out what's wrong with myself and um, <laughs> self-evaluate and all, all that good stuff. But we have to, we have fears. to, we have to end at some point, especially for you, because it's like probably past your bedtime. Oh yeah. It's um, like 10, right? So <laughs> uh, I want to ask you a question that I ask every guest that we have on the show. And that is mm-hmm. going to happen right after this really cool sound effect. Okay, Nita, if you could leave our guests or our listeners, if you could leave our audience with one piece of advice, a business growth hack, something that they could do in their personal life, in their business um, to help them to, to piggyback off your book idea, leave a lasting impact and stand out in today's market, what piece of advice or business growth hack would you leave them? Yeah. I'm trying to think about, you know, like I talk a lot about differentiation. I talk a lot about ideation. I talk a lot about, you know, looking for the problem that's not obvious in your industry or your market. But as you were asking the question, I wanted to think about something different, you know, like something that could be applicable in life and things. And I don't know, the word of the thing about doing the opposite came up just intuitively. And this sounds simple, but it's not really easy to do, but I think it's powerful. You know, you want to take a look at something that's not ideal or not optimal or not quite where you want it to be. And this is applied to every area of your life. It could be anything, parenting, relationships, work, business, whatever. And you want to take a look at that thing that's not working. And then you want to look at what are the things that you're doing to have that outcome in that area of your life or that issue or whatever it is. And you want to look at what are the things that you're doing repeatedly to lead to that outcome. And if you could do something like the opposite of what you're doing, what would it be? But it not opposite for the sake of op- being opposite or being doing yeah. a different thing. Right. It yeah. has to be, make sense as well, right? It has to make sense. Right. So an example would be, I am like the like huge introvert, right? So I think I only realized the power of like network and friends and having powerful relationships in my like 30s or 35. I'm 42 now, so I I think this was one thing that I learned like kind of later in life. And a lot of higher achievers kind of like focus on the work and the achievement and all these things. And it gives you like these dopamine hit, right? But it's like at the end of the day, it's just what you heard when you were 10 years old. It's all about love. It's about love. Yeah. It's like at the end of the day, why well, you want to earn a lot of money? It's really about what you do with that money, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, you support your family or whatever. So it's really back to like the Harvard study that they've been doing the longest Harvard study for, I don't know, 80 years. The thing that really helps you live a long, fulfilling life is relationships. It's the quality of your real relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think that really that that's kind of a simplified version. I think if you look, dig into that, what that is, it's really about, you know, if you have high EQ, if you have empathy, if you have awareness, all these great things, then you're going to have great relationships in your life. Right. And that's going to lead to like mental, psychological well-being, all these things that, that, you know, the mind and the body works together and you're going to have good health. You're going to live a long, great life. Right. So I think that's kind of like the domino pieces and the butterfly effect, but yeah, back to where we were talking about is like, do something that's maybe the opposite. So how I'll give an example of what I've done is as an introvert, I want to stay in my home, you know, I want to hibernate like a bear. I, I don't want to go out because it drains my energy. Mm-hmm. Like going out, meeting a lot of people, like I love people, but you know, if I do that a lot, I, I feel tired. I want to, so my comfort zone is to stay home, read a book and do all these things. Right. So I don't want to go out now in order to really build those relationships and meet new people. You have to be aware that you have that need first in the first place. Right. Mm-hmm. What I do now today is I join these like networking events, you know, with a chamber of commerce. Like if I meet a complete stranger at one of these events and they randomly kind of like invite me to another event, my past self would never go. I'm like, eh, meh, I'll just stay home, do all these like high yeah. achieving things, yeah. right? That That's mm-hmm. like my comfort zone. 
And what I do these days is if somebody invites me to somewhere, if it's kind of aligned with who I want to be and it's, it seems like a cool event or interesting or whatever, then I'll just go. I'll like, sure, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. Like I'm totally yeah. doing the opposite of what I've done in the past. So that's an example of what I mean by doing the opposite. Yeah. Because if you yeah, do this long yeah. enough, you're going to, you're going to achieve those goals. You're going to meet amazing people. You're going to, I, for me, I'm going to get, I'm going to gain so many great friends. I'm going to expand my network. I'm going to meet, I don't know, the love of my life, you know, like, which I, I couldn't through dating apps, you know, like, so <laughs> building this network, the, the friendship, it's going to lead to all these personal goals that, that I have for myself. And that is done by doing all the opposite of what I've been doing in the past, which yeah. obviously did not work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely goes back to that question. I asked my, my friend, right. And I mentioned earlier in the conversation is like, when is the last time you put yourself outside of your comfort zone? Like what is opposite yeah. of what your normal response would be? You know, if you yeah. always say no, when your friends ask if you would come to dinner, say yes. Like try saying yes for once. If, if, if that same guy has been asking you to go to a business networking event, the chamber of commerce for the last year, and you've said no, say yes, go like, right. Like do, do something because you never know. Cause at the end of the day, it probably does align with where you want to be. Right. Like if you're complaining that you don't have enough sales, you know, and it's like, well, I need, I need to create more conversations and you're spending all your time making cold calls and not a single person's answering. Well, go to the dang networking event. There's people there that might be your next customer. Like there's opportunities present all around you. I think sometimes we just have to be willing to say yes. And also willing to say no as this conversation mm -hmm. revealed. So Nita, I, yeah. I appreciate your time. Uh, I realize it's late where you're at and I really appreciate all the insight you had for our, our listeners. Uh, how could people support you, find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Um, well, I am writing a new ebook that will be available soon. Everybody can, can go and subscribe to my email and they'll, I'll just, we'll send it to your email box like inbox as soon as it's finished so it's called the outlier offers and people can just go and subscribe to that on the, i think it's at the very end of my um website landing page or whatever at needaler.com so um that's that's what i can think of at the moment you know if, if anybody Perfect. wants kind of resources mm -hmm. and loves the the stuff that we've been talking about and yeah, I talk a lot about differentiation, self-reinvention, self-actualization, all these um, powerful conversations. And um, mm -hmm. I'm all over the social media. Like, yeah, reach out to me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and even my email. So it's Nita at NitaLur.com. I'll, I'll reply nice. to all your emails. <clears throat> That's awesome. And are you still doing your podcast or not right now? I have kind of paused my po podcast for a really long time, um, given that, you know, I'm doing like, you know, as we talked, like a lot of things. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to pitch a coaching um, documentary show to Netflix at the oh. moment. So I really try to put that out in the universe, right? So oh, that's awesome. That, Heck yeah. yeah, that's, that's a, um, yeah, that's kind of my dream come true when we, if we get to yeah. do that. Yeah. And I, I hope, right. I hope that we get to do that because I really want to, I hope so too. That sounds yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I think what it's the stuff that we've been talking about. I want people to be able to know and understand these things and use all these tools and techniques in their own life. Because we know that yeah. not everybody can have access to a coach, right? It's just not possible. Sure. We don't even have it's not possible. coaches. Yeah. But if people ha can watch a Netflix show, and we see a lot of these types of uh, reality kind of documentary personal development shows on Netflix, yeah. right? So I think that's going to be really, it's going to be really impactful um, for the world. And I, I hope my dream is to go and film this documentary series in several mm -hmm. other countries. And that's kind of like. so cool. Yeah. 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 And, well, and positive vibes, kind of positive vibes in the universe, hopefully that comes to fruition for you because that sounds mm -hmm. amazing. I'll certainly watch it because I think that yep. everything you've shared today is so valuable. And I think that, like you said, not everybody can afford to, to hire a coach or, or a consultant. Mm -hmm. And I think that it, this is the kind of advice people need to hear, right? Like yeah. that being said, selfishly, I'm going to plug the podcast right now. If the stuff we talked about today is impactful to you, if you think it would be impactful to a friend or a family member or a business owner, you know, 
Share the episode. Like, it's not that hard. You just press share. It's easy. It doesn't cost you a single mm-hmm. penny. Share, share the episode with a friend. I think Nita's journey and her experience can offer a lot of insight. And I think, I think people sometimes need to know that it's okay to quit something. I think it's okay to yeah. put yourself outside of your comfort zone uh, to kind of to achieve and to chase the thing that you actually want to become the best version mm-hmm. of yourself. So love that. I will definitely make sure that in the show notes, we put links to your bio, to your social media channels. She does have a podcast. She's not posted recently, but I actually listened to a few episodes, pretty solid. So you could go listen to the archives and nothing wrong with going back to the archives and listening to that content there. So check that out. And then until next time, we will see you guys next week. Later, John. Later. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. To get more marketing tips and tricks, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. And to take your business to the next level, check out our website at www.beefymarketing.com.